Hello, and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back, and happy Thanksgiving. We took last week off because it was Turkey Day, and now we're back to bring you more of last week's topic, a little bit of a continuation We promised that we were going to jump in after Dan Schneider and bring you some more specifics as to the different child stars that he had a hand in ruining. And (laughs) that's awful, but right. It's a grisly way of putting it, but it definitely his actions had a huge impact on a lot of child stars. And we picked two of them that we thought he had an especially grave impact on. Mm -hmm. And we just elaborate a little bit. And these two stars, they're going to be stars that everybody's familiar with. They are huge household names. And I think they're good examples because one was kind of earlier in time and the other is more recent And it just goes to show kind of the broad sweeping impact in terms of time, in terms of the different types of people that Dan Schneider would have gone after and just what their careers looked like at Nickelodeon and what their lives looked like after Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's a really good point because it does kind of show because Amanda, well, spoiler alert, we're going to do Amanda Bynes and Jeanette McCurdy, but they're kind of like at the very beginning and close to the end of his career. So it really does show kind of repetitive behavior too, like a pattern of behavior over all of these years also. That's such a good point. And having gone to law school, we definitely know that certain evidence is admissible if it shows that a certain culprit or a potential criminal had a pattern of behavior that they would exhibit over and over and over again with the same type of person, the same type of crime. They had a, you know, certain modus operandi or little hints that they would leave around their crime that just showed, Hey, this is my signature thing. This is me. And for Dan Schneider, it's definitely very similar victims, very similar trajectory. And the things that happened to these victims, I mean, Amanda Bynes and Jeanette McCurdy, it's just really interesting to see what happened in their personal lives around the time that they were just rising to this crazy level of stardom. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess we'll get started since we're going to go in time order, which we like to do. Oh, yes. We um, love a timeline. Yeah, we love our timeline. And we've got to start with our girl, Amanda Bynes. And anybody who grew up in the 90s, 2000s knows Amanda Bynes because she was a massive star. She rose to power, rose to fame as just a small child. And she was so talented. She just lit up the screen with her personality. Say, don't say she lit up a room because that means she's her days are numbered. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I honestly surprised. Well, I don't want to say it, but I know. Ugh, but we're not making Deadpools here, but um, she's had some real struggles during this time and we'll we'll go into it. But Amanda was in and out of the spotlight. She's been in and out of the spotlight for more than a decade. And, you know, these days we know her because she's had legal troubles. She's had mental health issues. And she actually is famous now for having been in a conservatorship based on her. Right. Yes. So 
it's a similar story to Britney Spears, a child star who just made a ton of money and who was thought to be ill-equipped um, with taking care of that money and making sure that the money didn't go to something stupid. So she was placed in a conservatorship very similarly to Britney. And, you know, here we are. So she is now trying to retrieve her freedom and full autonomy over her life in the same way that Britney did. But let's take a look back at kind of how she got here in the first place, how she rose to fame, how she became a child comedy star and what the decline looked like that took her from being kind of a Hollywood bad girl and where she deteriorated and went after that. Yeah. And I feel like her story is so many other Hollywood stars, like young girls, women that kind of grow up through it. So I think it'll kind of resonate with a lot of other, you know, you'll see, think of a lot of other people, Lindsay Lohan, you know, all of those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy too, because I think Amanda Bynes was such a role model and I think parents loved her for so long because she was really the only child star that seemed to keep her nose clean and seemed to, she was never in the tabloids. She never was like out late partying and she just really seemed like a good kid who had her head on straight, had her priorities in order. And then everything just completely unwound from there which is such a shame it is it is so amanda was born in thousand oaks california on april 3rd 1986 and her mom lynn was a dental assistant and her father rick Bynes, was a dentist so it's kind of a little story yeah dental romance right there my shiny teeth and me (laughs) (laughs) but clear clear romance right there with the pearly whites and Amanda started acting in local plays from a really young age. She she sounds like one of these kids that was just born to act, loved being on stage, loved being in front of people, and just had this amazing stage presence. And it sounds like by the time she was seven years old, she had an agent. So she was all prepared to be a star already. In 1999... Amanda revealed when she was just 12 on the Howie Mandel show that her dad signed her up at age 10 for a kid's comedy camp at the Laugh Factory. Can I just say, having to be one of those parents that has to go and see these performances or these acts of like 10 year olds trying to get up there and do comedy. Oh, I know. I mean, she was probably really funny and that's why she was a success. But like for every Amanda, you've got like 50 like orange you glad I didn't say banana or whatever exactly oh you're so right it probably was torture and of course every parent thinks the sun shines out of their kid's ass so there probably are a whole range of completely untalented children and their (laughs) parents who are desperate for fame and a check and you just have to sit through all of them to get to the diamond in the rough Amanda So she goes to this camp at the Laugh Factory, and while she's there, Amanda performs acts in front of comedy legends. We had Arsenio Hall, we had Richard Pryor, and it sounds like when Amanda graduated the camp, that's where Nickelodeon producers kind of discovered her and saw, oh my God, this kid is just so ridiculously talented 
how the heck do we get her on our network? She's she's a moneymaker. Look at her. Yeah, no, she's the full package too. Like a cute little kid also on top of having natural, you know, naturally being funny. Like, oh my God, any agent would pick her up. Oh, absolutely. So after Brian Robbins and Dan Schneider, these uh. producers at Nickelodeon, these big wigs found Amanda Bynes at the comedy camp, she became part of all that. And we talked about all that last week as this kind of Saturday night live for kids that was on Nickelodeon and it had sketch comedy. It had all these funny kids and she took off from there. She became one of the most popular cast members on the show. She would have hilarious little like quippy jokes where there was ask Ashley. That's the one I was trying to think where it's like, she's on her bed or whatever. Like, yep. She's on her bed me. and like, that's me where she would answer like letters from different child authors and they would ask her about their problems and she'd try to solve them. But because she was kind of this quirky, silly kid, she would give very sarcastic, silly answers. It was just, it was very cute. But there also was whatever was a popular. Oh my God, I forgot about that. In. It was yeah. classic. And Captain Tantrum. And she just, she had all of these different segments. And I just remember her being a star from the beginning on all that. Like it almost, it felt like her show already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and clearly could have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amanda was super successful at all that. And so much so that Nickelodeon obviously wised up and said, let's give this kid her own show, which had to have been a dream. I mean, come oh my on. God. How old was she when that happened? She started on the Amanda show at age 13. And then that went through till when she was 16. So I can't even imagine like her parents must have hit the roof when they found out. At 13, your daughter's going to have a show about her where it's she's with her name. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. So, yeah, like I said, it ran from 1999 to 2002 when she was 13 to 16. And it featured all these great characters like Penelope Taint, Mm -hmm. which God knows why they named her that. Yeah. Mm. There was. Judge Trudy. Oh, yes. Which bring in the dance and lobsters. Oh, yeah. That's the most famous. Right. Moody's Point. She also played Crazy Courtney, who had these like insane fake teeth with like braces on them, but the teeth were like jutting out of her mouth at 90 degree angles. She'd be like doing all these disgusting things where she'd eat yogurt like, oh, God. Yeah. I can't even talk about it. I can't. It was horrible. And she'd like, be taping she was always torturing either drake bell or josh Mm -hmm. peck because wasn't she she was a was this the one that was she was amanda's number one fan well that was penelope that was penelope that's right that's right and then yeah courtney was the one where she'd say and like they'd be like what are you doing and she'd be like taping my fingers oh yeah yeah (laughs) and she'd like tape herself to drake or josh and like just torture them it was yeah Horrifying. I, it would never fly today because it definitely Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney had some uh, some problems, but yeah. but any event, I mean, she just popularized all these crazy characters and it just showed her versatility. She had so much talent. 
So Amanda actually won the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award for favorite TV actress for all three seasons of oh The Amanda Show. Oh, my God. That's and incredible. Which, She's just like nuts. home run after home run. Oh, exactly. She just kept hitting it out of the park. And they actually, apparently there are conflicting reports as to whether the Amanda show ended because Nickelodeon canceled it or because Amanda herself oh. was just like, it's time to move on. Um, being a 16 year old, right. like, and after that, I mean, I could see that being the case because she did move on to kind of more teenage roles, yeah. a little bit more mature audiences, all that. Right. No pun intended. No all pun that. intended. <laughs> exactly. So from there, Amanda took her talents from the small screen to the big screen, and she made her first feature film debut in 2002 with Frankie Muniz. Uh, I was going to say, was it this one? It's one of my favorites of all time. It was Big Fat yeah. Liar. I remember seeing that in theaters, too. That oddly is one of the ones I remember seeing as a kid in theaters. Basically, it's just kids playing pranks yeah. on this really mean executive played by Paul Giamatti. and Should have been played by Dan Schneider, maybe. <laughs> exactly. It really should yeah. have. God, it kind of would have been fitting. Right after that, Amanda just rolled from that success into leading roles in romantic comedies like What a Girl Wants yeah. in 2003, She's uh, the Man in 2006, which was just outstanding. From 2002 to 2006, she actually still stayed with some of her small screen acts. Oh. And she actually starred alongside Jenny Garth in the TV series, What I Like About You. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And again, geared just more toward like a mature audience than her typical Nickelodeon viewers. At this point, Amanda was just clearly cementing herself as one of Hollywood's most in-demand young actresses. From 2006 to 2010, her career just continued to skyrocket. She had different roles like that in Hairspray, which she was phenomenal mm -hmm. in. She was in Sydney White, which was another good one. Again, leading lady and Easy A, which is one of my, oh my God, personal yes. favorites. Oh, this is bringing back all these memories. She was just in a ton of stuff. She was really this fabulous actress who was kind of all over the place. She was super ubiquitous and she was beloved by so many people and a ton of like teenage girls and girls of all ages, really. But unfortunately, Easy A would actually be Amanda's final role in a major film to date. It'd be an easy F. <laughs> <laughs> She's out, baby. Yep. It's an easy exit. Mm. <laughs> but so... In June 2010, Amanda actually surprised the world by announcing on Twitter, and Twitter was kind of where her problems began, oh. that she was going to quit acting. And it seemed like the peak of her career. People were so confused. Like, why would she quit while she's ahead? Why would she leave? And the account's now been deleted, but she posted at the time from her Twitter account Quote, being an actress isn't as fun as it may seem. If I don't love something anymore, I stop doing it. I don't love acting anymore, so I've stopped doing it. I know 24 is a young age to retire, but you heard it here first. Hmm. So, yeah. Yikes. I mean. And to hear it here on Twitter first, and it doesn't seem like it's a put together like PR type of statement either, you know, like 
I think this is probably hints, the beginning hints, like you're saying of like mm, a little bit of on? an unraveling. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was something. And I think took the world by surprise. And she later actually revealed in an interview with paper magazine in 2018 that she had significant self-esteem issues and that those actually were part of why she took a step back from Hollywood. She wow. said she couldn't stand her appearance in easy a, and she also hated her performance. She said wow. she was completely convinced from that performance that she had to stop acting. And also she was perfectly good in easy a, like I think she was hysterical and adorable and, you know, there was nothing yeah. wrong with her performance, but it's clear that she had some demons going on. Yeah. Cause like, obviously kind of how her story unfolds, like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of suspect that it wasn't that she got some really bad feedback or something like that. Like, it seems to me that it was all her, Yeah, you know, it wasn't somebody else telling her, Oh, you were terrible in this. Yeah. It's like you know? self-criticism or something. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually said that she was high on marijuana when she watched her performance, but that for some reason yeah. it really started to affect her. And she said she didn't know if it was a drug induced psychosis or what, but that it affected her brain in a different way than it affected most people. And it totally changed her perception of things. So I think we're seeing kind of the addictive personality and yeah. the beginning of her grappling with different substances and just, you know, it getting in her head in a way and making her doubt herself as an actress and her performances. Yeah, absolutely. This was sort of the beginning of the end for Amanda. And in 2012, she got arrested for the first time for a DUI after she clipped a sheriff's deputy cruiser Ooh. with her black BMW at around 3 a.m. in West Hollywood. How old was she at this point? I mean, she obviously, so, well, I would guess over 21, but maybe not. I think at that time she was maybe 26 or so. Okay. Yeah, so she, it's it's a tough mugshot to look at because she doesn't look right. Um, and it showed that she had dyed her signature blonde hair to a light pink color. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And it, she looks kind of like dazed in the, like kind of yeah, out of it in the eyes. Pretty out of it. And I don't know. It's just, it's a creepy picture of her and it just, it does not look like the Amanda Bynes that we all know and love at mm -hmm. all. It's, and that's, what's so scary about it. Yeah. So Ugh. So in February 2014, Amanda was convicted of reckless driving for that incident. She was sentenced at that time to three years of probation and three months of alcohol education classes, which okay. honestly, she got off pretty easy. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. But I guess I mean, for my the one summer where I clerked, if it's your first offense, they're going to do everything they can to just be like, make it as easy, you know, to move easy a move easy a for easy alcohol, like, make it, you know, pretty easy to make it to go through the program. But then if you keep coming like second time, it's nothing like that. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like they just want to discourage the recidivism, make sure that they reprimand you but make it a learning right. experience and you know get you out of there so that yeah. you don't do it again exactly so unfortunately she did do it again and in 2012 she also got charged with two hit and runs 
for incidents on April 10th and August 4th. And the first one of those two actually occurred just days after the DUI arrest. Oh, God. Were they, were they like hitting people, hitting cars again? What what was I it? I think she was just hitting cars at that point. I don't think yeah. she ever <laughs> Like, oh, just hitting cars. Just cars. <laughs> yeah, just destroying property. But yeah, I don't think at this point, and I don't know about ever, she had ever hit a person. But just a couple days after the first incident, like that really shows you someone's, you know, mental state. Exactly. And just clearly they're not in a position to learn from their mistake. They're they're making it over and over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. So while those cases were ongoing in the West Coast, Amanda had another run-in with the law on the East Coast. Coast <laughs> to coast. So Amanda had a Times Square apartment and it was a high rise. And she threw a bong out the window of the apartment. <gasps> it was on the 36th floor. Oh, God. It was tossed out the window and cops responded to a call that she'd been smoking pot in the lobby. So it was during this time the cops came out. They heard she was smoking weed. And as a response, she threw her bong out of the 36th floor window. And I say, too, have you ever thought about that? Because when I was... Living in a city in the Midwest, they had these signs all along the street that was like, watch out falling ice from all of the skyscrapers because yes. they got so much ice out there, I guess. And ever since that, I've always thought about like, what if somebody throws something out the window or God forbid a um, AC unit or something like that? Like Falls. Yeah. Too many irrational fears, but no, still. But you can really like hurt a person or kill yeah. them if it's from that height like yeah. oh Ugh, yeah god it's terrifying yeah so just really reckless behavior we're seeing here and nonsensical like yeah. where is this coming from and why are you doing this who is this against or for like what is going on with you during this time amanda made several court appearances that were associated with these different altercations with the law I gotta say, was she escorted in by dancing lobsters or no? <laughs> I had to. They left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I hope Judge Trudy wasn't presiding because she yeah. was pretty tough. But she was wearing kind of a crazy look. And this is Ooh. how I think of Amanda of today. She had several colorful, very disheveled wigs. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. large sunglasses and odd facial piercings. I remember the piercings. I know she still has them, obviously, to this day. But I remember that's, for some reason, the, the wigs and stuff didn't strike me as much as then the facial piercings, I guess. Yes. Yeah. The wigs are really out of control. I mean, we're yeah. like, it's looking like a little kid's Barbie doll, like that yes. blonde and that like knotted and matted. Yeah. And just so disheveled beyond belief. Yeah. Like yeah. really odd appearance from like the polished young girl who like was always put together and had cute outfits and was just America's sweetheart to like, who is this? Yeah. Unrecognizable. Completely. So Amanda's bong tossing case was eventually dismissed because Amanda agreed to undergo regular psychiatric treatment. And at that point, she got charged with reckless endangerment and marijuana possession for that particular crime. Okay. 
by September 2014, however, it seemed like things were going to start to go right after she started seeking treatment. Yeah. In September 2014, she got booked again for a second DUI charge. Oh, man. After police determined she was under the influence of a controlled substance. Okay. at the time she was reportedly high on marijuana. Mhm. Mhm. Oh my god. So yeah, it, it just sounds like stuff didn't really change. Yeah, it sounds like it just really didn't impact her and uh, I don't know. Like she clearly was just going through something bigger than these legal issues could talk her down from. Okay, I'll preface this by saying I don't think this is the case. But I could see the argument, too, of somebody saying, like, let's put obviously her mental illness aside. Do you think it's the type of thing where she's always had success and she's always been able to just kind of like it always works out for her and it always, you know, turns out the right way that these type of incidents didn't impact her? I think personally it's it's mental health. But like I could see somebody making that argument about a celebrity who's just been up, 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 up and then you know, never had somebody tell her no. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I could see somebody either for Amanda or against Amanda making that argument because Mm -hmm. you could make the argument to sort of defend her by saying, hey, this is someone who's not used to not getting her way, not used to things going so poorly for her. And she just is ill-equipped to deal with the real world. And she will be sorry when she gets it through her head, what is going on, but she just doesn't, she hasn't come to grips with it yet because she's Mm -hmm. in this, you know, different world. But then I could also see somebody against Amanda saying, yeah, listen, like this is somebody who's had their way their entire life. Yeah. Let's talk some sense into her and knock her down a peg. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I don't think that's what's going on here, but I could see that argument for sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Another weird thing that surrounded Amanda's fame and then infamy was her bizarre rants on social media. And oh, yeah. it's just like blew up. I don't know why she got on Twitter. Her and T- Donald Trump really have a lot. In oh, common. my God. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She just started ranting online about all different things and going for weird targets she would just sort of go on there blow off steam and it was all throughout 2013 okay oh my god so she really is though like it's back to back she's just continuing it's not even like there's years of gap like a gap in between no yeah it's really just kind of offense after offense after a weird incident after offense yeah. like there's just a string of odd behavior it's what's really interesting is she would call people out specific people either in Hollywood I mean she called out Drake specifically I remember that call out she called out Barack Obama oh my god <laughs> and and it's really interesting I mean this girl clearly is just angry at the world and is looking for somebody to just yell at because yeah. she's just picking people and firing off. So as an example, she called Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle, ugly and previously okay. asked the president to, quote unquote, fire the cop who arrested her back in 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that. 
makes total sense via Twitter. Can I just say this reminds me of totally not the same, but another celebrity figure who I could see in the same category. Have you seen? I don't know why this makes me laugh so much, but the Kanye West where he leaked some of his texts with Kim and the one says like Kim has diarrhea all the time, like way more than normal people. And then she texts him being like, please stop sharing my our personal texts on online or whatever. And he's like, I know you're sending that from the bathroom. Right. (laughs) It it is really hysterical. And it's also just like stuff getting taken onto Twitter and onto social media in general that just should not be seen by the light of day yeah yeah like keep it to yourself keep it between you and your husband like does not need to be taken online but yeah I did find those tweets hysterical yeah she also quote unquote broke the internet when she asked Drake to quote murder her vagina oh my god just wild so oh my god she was going back and forth she got made a lot of people very angry I bet. And this was just a whole period of time in 2013 and 2014. Yeah. And it's sad now that we have all these platforms because more stuff like this, like if somebody was going through an episode, you know, a mental health episode previously, they wouldn't have this tool to kind of like put all their thoughts out there to the world, you know? So that's really unfortunate too, in a way. God, it's so true. One way or one moment where it looked like things were going to kind of turn around for Amanda is when she enrolled in art school and specifically fashion school in 2014. She has always had a passion for fashion, supposedly. Oh, and like the brats, the girls with the passion for fashion. So she apparently even brought up on the Howie Mandel show that she's really into fashion. She wanted to be a fashion designer. She loved to draw and I guess that being famous kind of gave her the platform to do these things. It's kind of interesting because she looked like she was on the mend when she enrolled at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in January 2014. And apparently she was a great student. She always participated. Wow. She really cared about her classes. And unfortunately, though, things couldn't go too well for too long there were a string of mental health issues, I'm sure you're shocked, Mm. that set her back in her studies. She apparently got kicked out of her school for causing huge arguments with the classmates. Oh, God. This kind of went on from 2014 to 2017. Oh, my God. Seems like she got back on track finally. And at this point, at the onset of her final year of grad school, she entered a mental health facility due to a stress-related relapse. Okay. This poor girl. I mean, it just seems like instance after instance of mental health issues and- Yeah. And severe mental, like it just- Like it just went off a cliff and she could never climb back out. Exactly. And it's- a lot of this stuff to me seems like just a cry for help. Like she is just, she's out there. The fact that she was on Twitter, just making these crazy remarks and Mm -hmm. coming out of nowhere and calling people out to me, it just feels like this girl is just begging for anybody to recognize that she's hurting and that she needs help. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was realizing it. I don't know what was going on there, but And she apparently has a very supportive family, but I don't know kind of 
what was going on. I know. I I feel like I did know that. Yeah. So that is interesting. I guess maybe it does like the conservatorship get more difficult when you have when she's an adult, you know, having an adult involved in that. So yeah, very true. But yeah, so she goes to the mental health facility in her final year. And she was able to graduate with her class in June 2019 after nearly five years at the Fashion Institute. But hey, she graduated, which yeah, like, thank God. She she ends up revealing on Twitter some of her different mental health issues, which actually is kind of refreshing because I feel like, okay, if you're going to take to Twitter to do all this other crazy stuff, you may as well come clean about what's going on with you mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's pretty brave too, to kind of, you know, if she's in a recovered period or doing better at that point to be able to look back, have those old tweets, like obviously they're still out there somewhere and to be able to say, look, this was where I was, but like, look, this is why, and this is where I am now. Right, exactly. So just to go back to kind of her history with clear mental health issues, she first got hospitalized on a 5150 hold, which is an involuntary psychiatric hold in July 2013. And at that point, she got put away for allegedly setting fire to an elderly woman's driveway. (gasps) Oh my God, how do you even do that to a driveway? Not sure, but I guess you need a lot of gasoline because I did not know asphalt was flammable. Oh my God, that's terrifying though. Really scary. I mean, this woman could have died and I guess she was okay, but yikes. Oh my God. Clear like alarm bells going off there. And then the problems continue in October, 2014, She gets put on a psychiatric hold again in L.A. after posting a series of disturbing tweets. And in these tweets, she claimed her dad had sexually, physically, and verbally abused her. And she also, this is where it gets crazy, accused him of putting a microchip in her brain. Oh, I remember this. Oh, man. Just really sad. A month after this instance, She gets back on Twitter and starts finally being sort of honest and coming clean about her mental health issues and says, I've been diagnosed with bipolar and manic depressive disorder, and I'm seeing my psychologist and psychiatrist weekly, so I'm fine. Okay. Wouldn't go that far, but... I wouldn't take your word for it, her word for it at this point either, you know, like she can say whatever out there, but the history... In August 2013, while Amanda was struggling with her mental health, her mother, Lynn, got granted a temporary conservatorship over Amanda, who at the time was 27, and the judge later made this into a permanent conservatorship in October 2014. And if you go back to our Britney Spears episodes, we talk a little bit about conservatorships, how they're put into place, how you can, you know, take one from temporary to permanent. And what kind of necessitates a conservatorship and what will make a judge look at somebody and say, all right, this person needs this protection sort of from themselves and we're going to put this thing into place. Yeah. And I mean, like she is lucky in a way, obviously your mental health is much more important than money, but that, that, that she didn't 
blow her money or just do something crazy with her money too because she must be loaded from you know starting so young like apparently according to a legal petition a judge ruled that amanda posed a substantial risk to herself others and property Mm -hmm. Um, and the court went on to say that she was which to your point she was spending large amounts of her savings And it was reported that she recently made extensive purchases as gifts from jewelry stores, such as Cartier for strangers. So she's just selling on these like manic episodes and just spending money left and right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. So her mother, Lynn, gets tasked with overseeing the estate. And at that point, it's valued at $5 million. This is 2014. And Wow, that's it, though? I like I, That's it. She must have then really gone on a spending spree. She must have, because I can't imagine how she wasn't worth so much more. I mean, yeah. my God. And, and I will say the little bit I learned from looking into Jeanette McCurdy and just the child acting industry is the Coogan law, which was set up. Yeah. I don't know if you knew about that or not, but it's, um, was set up after way back in, I don't know, I want to say like the forties or something, this really famous child actor, Jackie Coogan, who his parents then took all his money and spent it. And this is one of those things that's California specific, I believe. Um, it's a law that makes it so a certain portion or a majority portion or whatever of the child's money that they make as a child actor has to be put away in a fund for them. So it's not like her parents could have blown through that money by the time she was an adult. She would definitely still have, you know, a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to know about, honestly. Yeah. And going back to the fact that we think Amanda's family is more supportive and all around better and sort of looking out for her more so than Britney Spears's family. Lynn, her mom, just days after she became the conservator of the estate, she actually requested to transfer the control to a mental health uh, professional and money manager. So she's already trying to relinquish control. She doesn't want it. She wants the professionals to take over, which is what Brittany was ended up having to argue for herself late in the game, saying, listen, my dad shouldn't be in charge of this. He doesn't know what he's doing it should be professionals it should be a professional attorney it should be a professional money manager like take it out of his hands so yeah the fact that lynn vines knew that early on hey like i'm not in this to control her i'm not in this to control her estate i just want what's best for my daughter and i want the pros to handle it is says a lot oh yeah absolutely so while amanda's in fashion school And under the conservatorship, she's staying really quiet. She's studying. She's avoiding red carpets. She's completely staying out of the limelight. But in November 2018, she broke the internet again with a story. (laughs) She's constantly breaking the internet. I'm surprised the internet ever became unbroken. But she had this cover story for Paper Magazine and an accompanying photo shoot that showed a much more polished, normal version of Amanda than fans had seen in years. And the the, uh, magazine included a profile about her where she opened up about her drug use, which she said actually began when she was 16 with marijuana. Oh, wow. And she said that she used cocaine three times. 
and that she learned that Adderall could be used to stay thin on the set of hairspray. And she obtained a prescription after visiting a psychiatrist and faking the symptoms for ADD, which pretty smart, Amanda. I should probably get Adderall for that same reason. So in the magazine, Amanda also was super honest about her rants on Twitter. And she said, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. The things that I said were horrible and I can't turn back time, but if I could, I would. So she's sounding a lot more reasonable and a lot Mm -hmm. more in her right mind. Although you do have to wonder, like, that's probably one of the hardest ones. It's not like we're seeing a video of her or anything. So the way she's portrayed just in print, who knows, you know, like it's it all sounds good, but you never know. Exactly. And it, even in the cover, she looks kind of still of not the, just, yeah, not the same. Yeah, just not the same. And I don't know. It's, it's yeah. eerie. And we're still seeing photos of her at this point, like, you know, on social media and stuff like that, just looking really different and with crazy hair colors and all that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but she looks very <laughs> different from the image that yeah. we're used to for Amanda. Yeah, it's just incredible to like after talking through this, like she just was such a different person. It it just all of a sudden like that person stopped and this person started. Yeah, that's so true. It's almost like the old Amanda died and then this new Amanda was born and yeah, hard to know why. I don't know, but she shocked the world again in 2020 on Valentine's Day right before all hell broke loose she announced that she was engaged and then posted a photo of her quote lover who was Mm. later identified as paul michael oh you know yeah that well-known guy that no one knows two first names but she (laughs) supposedly met this guy at an aa meeting in late 2019 and then already early 2020 they're engaged Ooh. Oh, man. And uh, let's already put a rocky kind of situation or whatever together in quarantine. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we'll see how you guys survive. Um, So in May 2020, the couple announces that they're expecting a child. (gasps) I never heard this. Oh, my God. Now, granted, Amanda's attorney hops in that he's like, what the hell this is not happening and shuts down the room oh my god (laughs) oh my god but thank god I mean clearly now it seems like all right she's got a team with her yeah they're there to help her they're there to kind of save her from herself and good oh my god snapped right into it and shut the rumor down right there and so so here's a thought too I wonder uh, because I Remember, like, with Brittany, with the conservatorship, do you think her mom has the ability to, like, put her on an IUD or, like, birth control or something? I don't know because I feel – I feel like no because – Yeah. Um, I just remember, like, when we read that case in law school about the person – there was somebody with diminished capacity. I think they were yeah. like, intellectually disabled or something like that. And the question in the case was – could the family sterilize have them sterilized yeah and the answer was no right and like I guess the whole thing is even though she's under conservatorship even though she's clearly at diminished capacity in some Mm -hmm. sense 
she still, I guess, is entitled to bodily autonomy. But I wonder, though, because sterilization versus even like a temporary solution. Yeah. Like, I wonder, you know, Yeah, I would be so curious. I mean, I would yeah. lean towards no, but who knows? I would, too. I would probably lean towards no, like you're saying, but who knows? So she now has filed to end her conservatorship and she took to Instagram to thank her fans for their love and support after filing to end the conservatorship in February of 2022. So this year, and it's been nine years after, you know, this conservatorship was first filed. So it's pretty crazy. And apparently Amanda's parents who were able to maintain a close relationship with Amanda throughout this guardianship said, we're supportive. We are okay with it coming to a close. And supposedly a decision was going to be made in March of 2022. So just recently in March of this year, 2022, a judge put an end to the conservatorship. Amanda's now 35 years That's, old. Wow. And it was a nine-year adult guardianship and it's over. And this came after Lynn Bynes submitted a declaration of support for Amanda's request to terminate her conservatorship. And it sounds like this just went through and Amanda was deemed to be able to care for herself enough so that she was freed from her conservatorship, which is really exciting. I mean, I'm sure that that just gave her kind of a new lease on life the same way it gave Brittany a new lease on life. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I don't feel like we've heard anything crazy that's happened since. So, I mean, hopefully that's a good sign that it is, you know, a success. Yeah, that's a good point because Amanda's very outward and public about getting derailed from her mental health train. So I feel like we definitely would have heard something at this point if something had gone wrong. I mean, we're almost through 2022. I know it's almost been a year. Yeah, it's been quite some time. So I hope she's doing well. Yeah, I mean, hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah, and I hear you've got some news as to Amanda's latest venture. Yeah, this just, I don't know where this came up, probably like Instagram or I don't know, something. But what I, and I just had to pull up the article to confirm I wasn't making this up. Um, Amanda Bynes is now, as of October 2022, Amanda has enrolled in cosmetology school and is training to become a manicurist. Go, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. And she apparently, you know, it's some of these kind of gossip articles and whatnot. So they apparently talked to some of the students in the class and said that she's super nice, just kind of like normal. One of the other people doesn't want anything to do with being like, oh, this big child star or anything like that. Like she seems there to learn and interested in it. So good for her. Good for her is right. It sounds like she's really turning things around and God, who wouldn't want a manicure from Amanda? I know that's the thing. Could you imagine? Do you think you could do little lobsters on your nails? Like a little, Well, I, that's what I was going to say. I think so. I think she's going to become like a nail. A couple articles say manicurist, nail artist. So yeah, she could be really intense. Who knows? Wow. Well, we wish her the best, obviously. And I just think we're both just, and as is everybody from our generation, huge, huge fans of Amanda, yeah. all just rooting for her success. She's just incredibly talented and it's so hard to see somebody 
have trouble like that, especially publicly. And we just wish her the best. My gosh, she's just such such an incredible talent. And if her nail skills are anything like her acting skills and entertaining skills, whoo, she's gonna be a hell of oh, a actress. Yeah. Yes, she is. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening.